Hey bitches, welcome back to the Crack House, episode 5. I'm your host as always, Sam Kingma. Join me, best friend and co-host, Miles J. Miles, the fuck's going on this week? Uh, well, you know, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good week. Uh, hopefully by the time that this gets posted, uh, it'll be a very special day for the both of us. Yeah, this is something that I really wanted to talk about because the day this goes up, May 7th, is both of our birthdays. Yeah, baby. Yeah, you were born in '96, and I was born in '97. Do you remember? Do you know so the time young. of? Do you know the time of day you were born? Two twenty-two p.m. Awesome. I was two p.m. on the dot. Oh, nice. So yeah. yeah. So very, wow. very, almost, almost a year apart. Yeah. In age. Isn't that? Isn't that like spiritual or something? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you see, my, my, my Mercury was in retrograde that year, um, you know, and, and of course, uh, the Taurus that year was, was, um, you know, was, was a rising, uh, was a rising Mercury, uh, it was a rising silver, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that just stands to reason after you hear all of those facts. I, I love being a Tor, a Taurus, just because I'm named after a Pokemon, it makes me feel good. I love being a Taurus because it gives me an excuse to be angry, and people think that oh, that's just his temperate inst- uh, temperament instead of like it's something I, I should solve through you know anger management therapy. It's awesome. Now, now speaking of speaking of being born in May, we we've discussed this plenty of times before, but there's a serious discrimination on Twitter against may birthdays yeah well it's because people hate tauruses like it's it's this weird so so first of all there is an astronomy twitter it's like a thing uh, okay. astronomy twitter is is a thing where people get really into just like this idea that like that the, they basically they'll do like these charts of like you know oh if you were born this month this is your meme of the month or this is the the character that you are from whatever white bitch is like i don't know um, yeah yeah, and, and it's always like, May is always like the villain or the serial rapist character or, or like the, the character, like, it, it's always like, uh, May, May babies, um, anyone born in May is, is cursed to never find love, you know, <laughs> shit like that. And it's yeah, like, it's always like, and you have to keep in mind too, the context is January, January through December, all positive shit. May always gets trashed for no reason. Well, it's, it's because all these fucking weirdos are like, don't date Tauruses. Tauruses will break your heart. I thought that was like Pisces or some shit, or Sagittarius. Tau- uh, Tauruses and Geminis. Apparently those are the, uh, those are the, the, the ones that you need to stay away from. Okay. Yeah, like, like a lot of people talk about how Geminis are evil, and I'm just like, I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? How do you... Okay, who decided this? You're like, I get it. I get it. If you're a Gemini, you're named after a robot master. Shit's tough, but at the end of the day... Look, all the robot masters were reprogrammed. It's important to remember that they weren't born evil. Exactly. Actually, Gemini Man was probably born evil. Along with Snake Man and, and Needle Man. They were up to no good. Only the what first the couple robot Snake masters. Man do? Snake Man? Yeah. Actually, it's ironic because I don't know if you realize this, but the the three that you pinpointed as evil actually have their own mini weakness loop. The weakness loop in, M- in Mega Man Three works. Um, it's it's five ways, and then for some reason, Needle Man, Snake Man, and Gemini Man are like a little right triangle. Yeah, I kind of like it though. No, I, I I wish more games did it. I I love the idea of soft weaknesses and like hard weaknesses in in Mega Man, like um. 
Like, uh, they do that in Mega Man 7 as well, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, I'm, I need to, you know, I really need to go back and, like, play through 7 again and play through 8. Because I've played through them both. I had decent times. But I don't have a great opinion on either of those games compared to, like, 1 through 6 and then 9 and 10. Well, yeah. I mean, they're they're so different in every way. Like, it's, it's kind of hard to... to have a positive opinion about them when they don't even play the same as the other games. They're kind of incomparable. Eight, eight I think, is generally bad, though. There are some things in eight I really like. Like, I do oh, think the game is stunning, and the soundtrack is insanely good. I think, like, Frostman's theme, Aquaman's theme in the Saturn version, uh, Searchman's theme, all bangers. Absolute bangers. I like the voice acting. Yes. Uh, what's fuck? Doctor Doctor Wowie, Doctor Light, Doctor Light flubs half his lines. <laughs> he flubs like he, every line. He's it's like amazing. super dr- the greatest uh, mega reading Mega Man. Like there's a, such a hard <laughs> slip up. Uh, Mega Man, Mega uh, Man. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. Well, the but, best part about it is is that is like you know it, there is someone in the booth. Who, who was like, yeah, I mean, I, maybe not in that era, but but someone presumably, like you have to rent out studio time, you know, to do a, a voice section. So you know that someone was there to <laughs> supervise that scene, and they probably had, you know, sync sound. They probably had the, the video playing, you know, so that they could see their lip syncing. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. Maybe that's his attempt at, at keeping lip sync. My And my favorite thing is, is like, you don't like... If you're playing through Mega Man for the first time, Mega Man does speak in canon, but you don't hear his voice. So if you're boot up Mega Man 8 for the first time, you don't know any better. And you're like, you watch this kind of cool animated opening with Mega Man fighting all the robot masters from previous games and fighting Bass. And the first thing you hear out of his mouth is, Bass! I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I like I like the Mega Man speaks though. I, I mean, it's funny because I genuinely think Mega Man Seven has the best ending out of all of these games. Um, it it feels it feels like the perfect like button like period to Mega Man to to transitioning into Mega Man X. Yeah, I think, and here's the thing too about like Mega Man Seven is in my like I I feel like I'll always have issues liking Mega Man Seven because Mega Man X is on the same system and it is just a significantly better game. Oh, sure, sure, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's why. Well, you know, I'm a Legends guy. That's that's my that's my stomping ground. We respect we respect Legends in this household. Yeah, it's not a great game, but but as an aesthetic experience, it's it's lovely. And and I I, I have an appreciation for games that are purely like an aesthetics kind of vacation almost. That that game really is a vacation game. Yeah, and and what also in like speaking of like great Mega Man aesthetics, I think Battle Network has a oh, sick Battle aesthetic Network's too. Incredible! I fucking love Battle Network. I need to go. So I've only my experience with Battle Network is very limited. I've seen, I've watched playthroughs of three and five, and I've played through about fifteen to twenty hours of Battle Battlefront uh, Battle, Net, Battlefront Jesus Battle Network three, and I like that game a lot. Yeah, that's the best one for sure. Uh, I like six too. I think six is excellent. My my ranking is three six. Five, two, four, one, probably. Yeah, I've heard consistently that like one is pretty rough. Is it just because they're they didn't they didn't figure it out yet? They're like no one one is rough because they decided that the entirety of the internet should look the same. Oh no! 
Everything oh, has the no. same background and the same... Like, it's impossible to navigate that game because nothing... Like, there's no distinction between areas, really. It's like, okay, we're on Net Area 6. It's the exact same thing as Net Area 2, you know? And, and you want, in these games, to have very distinct areas. You know, personality... Uh, for the sake of navigation, because the internet is supposed to function a bit like a maze, you know what I mean? Yeah. But instead, it's like, everything looks the same for some reason. They were like, that's that's the idea. Um, and, and, I mean, the battle chips are fine, you know, it's all the same. There, there are only a few games where, like, the mechanics really set themselves apart. I think one is, is so, like, minimalist, but, like, the battle chip mechanic is inherently good to the point where that game, you can't call it a bad game, but I would, I genuinely call it, like, like a, a test run. It's like a, a test run of a video game. What I find fascinating about, like, Battle Network 3 is it really is, like, it really is, like, a perfect mix of, like, car deck building as well as actual skill at playing a video game. Yeah. That you awesome. can't, you can't get it, you can't get it anywhere else. It's awesome. No, ba Battle Network is its own genre. You, you you know, it's it's not quite a JRPG. It's not quite a, a deck builder. It's not quite an action game. Uh, hell, it's not turn based. Um, you know, so it's it's like it's not a JRPG, of course. Um, so it like Battle Network is Battle Network in the same way that Mega Man Legends is Mega Man Legends. Like, there's just nothing you can compare them to that like. It's, it's sort of undeniable that, like, if, if you consider a run-and-gun game or, like, you know, like a plat an action platformer to be a genre, like Mega Man, Mega Man X, Mega Man ZX, and Mega Man Zero, undeniably the same thing. Yeah. Um, Mega Man Battle Network is, it's, is, like, it's such a specific set of elements. Yeah, I I wish I wish I could could speak more intelligently on it, just because I, I my... I, I mean, I bought this game, like, ten plus years ago, probably. Actually, more not quite, like, eight or nine years ago. And, yeah, I should boot that. I should download that. I've been kind of into... I've been kind of, like, interested in the Game Boy Advance just because, like, there's some, like, really great pixel art. Oh, yeah. I, I, I actually... To be honest, though, I actually kind of hate the Game Boy Advance. Really? Why? I, love, it... I love the library. I just, like I, I don't like... I don't like how everything is so, like, bright and overly colorful... Um, you know, I, I hate the sound card. Um, I, I, I never liked playing it because like, if you played it in like the sun or like, you know, in any room that didn't ha like, you had to play it in the dark or else you couldn't see anything. I was privileged and had an SP for most of the, the GBA run. Yeah. I, I didn't get an SP until I was much older. Um, uh, but, but yeah, so like I, I had a bad experience with, with the handheld itself. And then like when I started emulating and I was like, every, every one of these games is just like so abrasively bright in color like even metroid like metroid for me i'm like look metroid that shit should be dark barely lit like that's the ideal metroid game like super metroid is the ideal metroid aesthetic where like i don't know what exactly is going on there but everything like you can just tell like the caves in in that game are just like dark and like samus is just like you, you can sort of just picture like samus like has a fucking flashlight on her visor and that's how she sees everything and there's no natural light because the entire game takes place underground like fusion is fine because fusion's an artificial facility you know what i mean but like why is why is norfair and ridley's lair which are like ancient ruins and chozodia which is an ancient ruin like why are all those things so brightly lit on this i mean planet? i can i mean i i have an answer for you okay 
It's 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 to combat the lack of a batter, the lack of a, a, a backlit screen. Oh well, I mean that's why that they was did. obvious. That was yeah. obvious. I I just mean like why aesthetically do I have to suffer because of this console? I know it's not that bad, but like like I just no, it's washed out. I I'll, I agree with you there. Most games look pretty, especially the ones that are a bit more detailed, have a washed out look to it. Yeah, well that, that's why I never really liked the the GBA Pokemon's either aesthetically. Oh, I I. I still love those games. I think they. I, I think I they think, look great, especially I think Emerald. Black and white. It's, I think black and white is the best looking game in general. Um, for Pokemon. I, I have some. I I have a couple of issues with like some of the back sprites. I in... have no interest in your opinion on this. Why? <laughs> because fuck you. Uh, no. Tell me. Tell I me love, about the but, back dude. Sprites. I love black and white. I think black and white is like one of the most underappreciated video games ever made. Don't Let... talk about the back sprites, you fucker. Uh, no, T- tell us all about these back sprites. Well, I'm saying, so when, when you actually get into battle, the sprites you see of the Pokemon you're fighting all look great and they move and it's sick as fuck. And then, you, but your Pokemon also move, but they look really pixely and it looks kind of bad. <laughs> it, right, it doesn't, right. it doesn't look super great, but I think the rest of the game is, I agree. It looks really solid and I think it's a good look aesthetically for Pokemon. I think. Honestly, because you can see a, a really visible change for from Gen 6 to Gen 7 to make the the human characters look less anime and just look have a more original aesthetic. And I think it looks way better now. Right. I actually think the, the series looks way better in terms of, like, concept art and the way the characters are designed. You yeah. can even just... I mean, just watch the fucking Sun and Moon anime. Like, looks great. Too bad about those games, though. Yeah, just wish, yeah, just wish uh, a sword and shield worth like, just wish the rest of the game looked good. <laughs> well, you, you you lose some and you lose some. Pokemon Pokemon is a good definition of win some lose some. I think any any IP made by Nintendo is you win some you lose some. Yeah, well, I would argue that that the Legend of Zelda is like the sole exception to that. Maybe Donkey Kong. I don't know. Uh, Kirby is consistently you win some, but you, you, it's it's like winning like a it's winning a t-ball game against twelve year olds. Like, yeah, you did it, but do you feel but, good well, about yeah, yourself? Yeah, it was free. Like, like Kirby is is a free. Like, uh, if Kirby was a bingo space, it would be the free card. Like, because it's hard to screw up Kirby. I mean, there are better and worse entries, but I I can't think of a genuinely bad Kirby game because it's just like so that franchise is solved. I, w- I kind of had a moment of crisis literally last week. I was watching uh, I was watching a review of uh, of like Kirby Squeak Squad, and the reviewer is like, "It's just Kirby. I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> like, it's just okay. There's nothing like special about about Kirby games individually. Kirby is a brand and, and an identity. I would argue Superstar because Superstar has just this insane movement to it. Like the movement mechanics of that game are nuts." Well, and, you know, when it came in the era of, like, really precise, fine-tuning movement, that's why I think Link to the Past is one of the, the worst Nintendo games of that era, like, as far as the mainstream, or the the mainline ones go, because it's, like, you have, like, Super Metroid and and uh, Super Mario 64 and Kirby Superstar, uh, like, all of these games with, like, just incredibly precise movement that are just gorgeous in terms of playing them, and then and then you just have, like, Link to the Past, which, which feels so like basic and 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 i would genuinely say it feels worse than the original game it's just so like lame to control with link to the past because i've really 
I've really tried to love it. Like I, I gave it a ton more effort than I do for most games. It's just to not get, there. It's to not get there. some enjoyment. It's just boring. I don't know what to say. I just feel I just am bored when I play it. And you it's probably you're probably right. It probably is due to the lack of the controls just being like okay. Like just kind of nothing. They're they're serviceable. It's it's an interesting game because because like I you know people always like to compare it to Ocarina of Time and they're like well at least Link to the Past is systemic like you know it's an actual game with mechanics and I was like well at least Ocarina of Time is good and and looks nice and and like has a story that's affecting and and cinematography and aesthetics and music like the the music in A Link to the Past like outside of outside of like the overworld themes. I just like I just, I get nothing out of that game soundtrack. Maybe the, the the oh the credits theme is great. That's never mind. That one's good. I don't, I can't recall <laughs> the credits for the people. I, like you, the I'll tell you why I recall it is because it's the credits theme to I Want to Be the Guy. Oh okay. You know have you have you seen the new game he's working on? Uh, no, Brave Earth Prologue. Uh, does it look good? It looks fucking great. I'm like, this is this is what I want, dude. Nothing nothing gets my dick more hard than when I see like a platforming game and they have and it has multiple characters that play slightly differently from one another. Oh yeah. That's, I eat that shit that's up. That's the good shit. That's I, the good shit. Oh my god. Like like Sonic when Sonic Mania Plus was like, yo, we're adding two new characters, I'm like, oh my god. It's two extra playthroughs I can do that are slightly different. I'm in. But yeah, I just wish with like with like Zelda, which by the way, so I I, I occasionally see the, this crop up every once in a while because I saw a tweet thread which was like, "Give me some of your like hottest gaming takes," and I gotta be honest, anyone who says Breath of the Wild is decent is decent, but decent or below that, I actually question their intelligence and how. Smart oh no, they they're they're morons because like that that game is just so brilliantly designed. That, I mean, it has stumbles, obviously. Oh, of like, course, like, no game is yeah. perfect, but the, 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 when people say like. Breath of the Wild is not good. I'm like, I, I genuinely am questioning your intelligence because it's clear you did not get it. You didn't get it it's, at all. It's just, it's one of these games where it's like, oh, the shrines are all the same. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's a fair, you know, criticism. Like, if your issue with the game is the experiential aspect of it, like, I can understand that. If you were, like, bored or you weren't, like, invested because you just didn't like the experiential aspect about it. Like, Super Bunny Hop is, like, all you do is hold forward. And I'm, like, I mean, if that's not appealing to you, then that's one thing. But if they're, like, it's badly designed or it's it's not a good game, I'm, like, you're on crack. You're on crack. Yeah, I can't. I, it's, it is, like, truly, like, I, I, I am so blinded that I'm, like, I can't. I actually cannot see where you're coming from. Well, I have, I have the same opinion as as I feel like people do with Mario Odyssey, like where where I'm like the experience of playing Mario Odyssey is just not for me. But I'm not gonna be like, yeah, that's a bad game. Every yeah, no, oh, I no. Bad. If someone yeah. told me they're like, oh, I love Mario Odyssey, I'm like not surprised because I see the appeal. Yeah, it's just I don't I don't like the the I don't like the way that they handled the movement in that game. I I was like I like the the freedom and the momentum that comes with like Sunshine and 64, and it's just not there. But but it's not like the game is bad because of it. It's just not the kind of game I like to play. It's it's if if someone was like the the one that always kills me is Breath of the Wild has bad combat. I'm like all right, look, 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 listen, listen and look because 
the combat in the game is so specific. I think the issue is that everyone's like, it has low input depth, which it totally does. But it's a very systemically driven combat system, which which is more based on uh, using elements, um, you know, relying on, on stuns, things like, like enemy stunning or environmental aspects or, like I said, elements. Um, like, your, your objective is essentially to make the most out of a series of disjointed tools. And that's what's so interesting about that game's combat, is that, like, alright, look, I have an ice rod, which does weak damage, but it freezes the enemy. I have this weapon, which is low on durability and will break quickly, but if I freeze the enemy and then switch to this weapon, which has 57 damage but low durability, I can get the most out of this weapon. And it's like, yeah, it's tedious. You go into the menu, you flick, you know, flick whatever to get to your weapon, and it takes forever. Uh, and then you hit them, and then you might have to switch to another weapon. But, like, it's almost it's almost like a like a JRPG combat system in that way, where it's like the, the game almost begins to feel turn-based. Or like Final Fantasy VII R, like when you're, when you're using ATB. It's like when you're in that menu, that's your moment to, like, strategize. Um, and people don't like the breakable weapons, and, and, like, for me, all I can say is, like, well, this game would be so much worse and so much less interesting if, if like, you could just craft weapons again. Whenever people are like, why can't I just go to a town and craft a weapon? And I'm like, because then you would be going to the town every eight minutes. Breath of the Wild's all about, like, use what you have. Like, use what is in your vicinity. It's a, It's about immediacy. It's about being in the moment and being like, all right, look, this is what I'm doing right now. I don't see anything interesting in my horizon. I'm just going to walk. Okay, there's something I'm interested in. I'm going to go check that out. Oh, on the way, I discovered 19 more things that were interesting. When, whenever people are like, why would you hunt Korok seeds? I was like, I, I get that there's that many in the game, but in my opinion, and, and especially the fact that the gift that you get is like, like a trinket, it does nothing. In my opinion, the idea of having so many Korok seeds is to basically guarantee that players get a lot of them it genuinely i i get the impression it was genuinely not the intention of the developers to have to have someone be like yes collect all 900 it is a requirement i think it's i think it was like if you want to complete the game get all beat all 120 shrines yeah that that to me is the game like find all the shrines and beat them all and also do the main quest like which, that is breath of the wild which by the way if you haven't played breath of the wild yet first of all definitely do it immediately second of all really challenge yourself to get all 120 shrines because it's gonna make it's gonna help you see about 90 percent of the worthwhile content oh and also turn the shrine sensor off so that you so that everything's immediate yeah. Because I actually did manage to find... I mean, I'd, I'd done two playthroughs of it before with the Shrine Sensor, but I did manage to find every shrine without the Shrine Sensor in the game. Just, like, by... Just by being really fucking thorough. And it was awesome. And there, there's, there's a lot of shrines which are excellent because the point of the shrine is not to complete the puzzle within it. Sometimes it's just about getting there and figuring out how to get into it. And then the reward for the shrine is like, oh, by the way, that was the task. What you just yeah. did was the shrine. And and that's really interesting. My favorite one is the one where you have to figure out how to get into a small cave, but you can't swim through freezing water or you'll die. It's just too far and you'll freeze to death no matter how many hearts you have. And, and figuring out how the fuck am I supposed to get there? How did you do that? Because I remember this and I think I just, I think I just swam. I really do think I just did it. A, a lot of people swim and they just like chew on items. But like I, I cut down a tree and I pushed it into the river, you know, to make a raft. And then I sat on the log and I just rode the log into the cave. This is why this game is so good, guys. Because you can just do it. It's like, hey, 
get here. I don't care how. Just get here. That's that's the other thing is people are like, yeah, all the puzzles, you can just, like, break the logic of them. And I'm like, I'm that's fucking tired. Yeah, I'm fucking tired of having to, like, like think like the developer did to fucking solve their stupid fucking puzzle. Because let me tell you right now. If I if 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 Zelda if if Zelda ever goes back to what yeah, it to was, I'm gonna blocks. kill myself. I'm gonna literally fucking shoot myself. Ice puzzles, dude. I really do think like Zelda dungeon design and like the mainline games pre Breath of the Wild is so overrated. It's unreal. Those are like not great. None of them are great. Except for the Spirit Temple. Really like the Spirit Temple and the Forest well, I, Temple. I like, I like Ocarina of Time's dungeons because they're not so puzzle-heavy. All, all of them are like, here is a series of, of basically loops where it's like, okay, you're going to do a puzzle. All right, now you're going to do an action game segment. And every dungeon has more of an emphasis on one than the other. The Forest Temple is, is very much a loop. Okay, we're going to make a lot of use out of 3D space. I'm aware that, that you know, so far Ocarina of Time has, has, has been very, like, you know, room after room, you know, and, and of course, like, uh, it's really smart that the Deku tree is very vertical. That's something you can only do in 3D, and I think they were completely aware of that. You know, that's, there's no way they weren't. You know, and then Dodongo's Cavern, it's basically all one room uh, interconnected, and that's kind of to show off the loading times and, uh, you know, and, and how big a dungeon can be, and then you have Jabu Jabu's Belly, which is, like, just all kind of a trial it's all very puzzle based and it's all very like based on it's the most hazardous dungeon in the game it has the most dangerous enemy design up to that point um everything's really treacherous there's a lot of traps like everything is so distinct and unique and different from each other um and then once you get the forest temple it's like okay we're gonna combine all of those things that you saw in the previous ones we got lots of vertical rooms you're gonna have to combine items you got to shoot your arrow through the torch to the ice so that it hits the eye switch so that it flips the fucking hallway and it's like it's there's spectacle there's puzzles there's lateral thinking there's backtracking there's enemy encounters like there there's an epic fencing fight between two skeletons and yourself you know and the ghost portraits like it's so everything about it is so distinct and it's and And the music is fucking sick the music the atmosphere is so the atmosphere for the forest temple is still phenomenal it still holds up it's still just as creepy as it was back in 98 and 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 the most brilliant part about that is that it's like okay look this is your first dungeon and what they did was they made a spokes on a wheel dungeon with a central hub so you're, if you're like i don't know where the fuck to go you come back there and you regroup and you you say okay what haven't i done and it's like it, it it's 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 a fucking masterclass in in what a dungeon is going to be like not just for the rest of the game but for the rest of the series and then it's like the fire temple okay uh you know the last one was very um you know varied you had action game segments like the falling down ceiling the fire temple all action game stuff we're gonna have as few like straight up puzzles as possible you're gonna have to react quickly to firewalls you gotta run through this maze with boulders in it you know you gotta walk on this tightrope like there there are so few puzzles in that dungeon it's awesome and then the water temple all puzzles like there's there's a handful of action game segments because that's what you need you need those action segments you know to keep things interesting you got a couple enemy designs but for the most part they're light and and it is at least novel to have to use the hook shot rather than the sword i i do i think the water temple is kind of annoying yes but it's it's novel and it, it's cool to do once i don't hate it i think it's i think it is like the i think i think the water temple is probably the worst part of the game but i also don't find it as irritating as like some other people do. No, I, I think I think there are I think basically every dungeon, every like puzzle dungeon after that 
in later games is so much worse than the water temple as far as like just the tedium of it the only difference is you're not moving like molasses so people are blinded by that uh yeah. you know and then the, the shadow temple is like it's just like all right look we're just gonna make a dungeon that's not that hard it's definitely easier than the water temple arguably easier than the fire temple but the point is it's just gonna fucking ooze atmosphere and we're just gonna like go in on this horror stuff like the first line that pops up when you enter the dungeon is welcome to the shadow temple a monument to hyrule's history bloody history of greed and hatred and you're like this shit's metal and i'm six years old and i'm terrified um you know and, and the first thing you got to do is it's like okay look you have to push the the right you know you have to push the the beak of this fucking death falcon at the right torch and if you don't we will drop you into a pit and you will die and it's like that sets the tone you know you it's so creepy and everything looks so dangerous and bongo bongo makes no sense it's like it's just we're it's just like look we're just gonna scare the player we're just gonna make this thing that's like oppressively creepy and horror themed and then the spirit temple is you know as you it's great because you, you come back as a kid and you do it again as an adult and and it's divided directly in half and it's atmospheric and it's got this unique music and and this running subplot and and, and it's like i think the only part of that game that i'm really not a big fan of is is the 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 base of ganon's tower i don't really like the like oh i think it yeah it's sucks i wish that part was not in the, the but, game but it feels then very... you climb up ganon's tower see that part's good Ever, once you destroy the barrier i'm in i'm yeah. in for, for and, all and then you, you gotta escape it you gotta go back down and you're going up the outside it's like it's so fucking good i love ocarina of time what an amazing fucking video game it's and great it's like, please play it oh my god it's so fucking good but then every game afterwards like like all right look i respect majora's mask i think that the side quest aspect of that game is really really great but i think the dungeons are like just the most well no they're not the most excessive i think every game afterwards finds a way to be more and more excessive in terms of dungeon length and complexity and the number of times you push blocks i just think back to like my first time ever playing Twilight Princess and doing the Forest Temple in that game took me like three and a half hours. The dungeons are just—they get so absurd. Well, the, where... the funny part about it is—is is I recommend watching the Zelda dungeon uh, walkthrough of the Those Forest are great Temple. Yeah, they're great videos. But the Zelda dungeon walkthrough of the the Forest Temple in that game, uh, he plays it. And it's four parts, with the the with the dungeon itself being half an hour long. And I'm like, this is the first dungeon, and it's coming on the heels of me doing two days of of menial labor in Ordon, which I I like because it establishes, look, this is what Hyrule is normally like. But but then you you know you go to the Twilight Realm, and that's a whole dungeon, and that shit's really long. And you gotta go back into Ordon, and you gotta steal a sword, and you gotta go through Ordon Forest, and you gotta then you gotta fucking, kill the bugs, you gotta kill the bugs, and then you gotta and then you gotta do it again as a human being. You have to literally do it again, even though this is now the third time you've been through the Ordon Forest, and then the third fucking time you do it, there's a you gotta follow a fucking monkey through some fog. God, I forgot half of this shit. <laughs> Moves so slow and waves its fucking torch around, and it's just like. And, and then you finally get to the dungeon, and, and, it, and it's like, great. Uh, I think in total, by that point, you have played the game for three hours, and you're finally out in Hyrule Field. And it's like, I understand the idea of it's supposed to be novel and rewarding, but, like, I have been to Hyrule Field before. I played this one game. It was called Ocarina of Time. 
And I also played this other game. It was called Majora's Mask, where I did an entire cycle, which took only an hour in that game, maybe less if you you know figured out how to dance with the Scarecrow. But most people probably wandered around town and kind of got an understanding of what they were supposed to do, um, you know, after they became a human again. And it's like we've done the same song and dance with Zelda of like the game slowly opens up to you. We did it in Wind Waker, where it was fucking five hours later. We did it in Twilight Princess. We do it in Skyward Sword again. Uh, and it's worse, because Skyward Sword basically never opens up. I mean, it's just like, how the fuck can you... Pl- I mean, if you like that, that's fine. But, like, how can you play Breath of the Wild and be like, yeah, this shit's mid. And not think, yeah, and not think it is superior in every single way. I just... Oh, God. I just... I, I just... I, I'm so happy... We're getting Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever the fuck that we're going to call it. Yeah. Just be, just because I'm like, thank God. Because if we go, I'm like, if we go back, I'm, I'm never going back to Zelda. I'll never love another Zelda game if they, if they do, if they go back to the, the Ocarina of Time-esque loop or whatever. Have I told you I, my pitch yet for Breath of the Wild 2? More or less. I mean, just add, add in, uh, Link loses an arm. Yes. So, so we see green shit going to Link's arm. And, and my thought is, okay, look, Breath of the Wild 1 was Metal Gear Solid 5. You had, you had a wolf accompanying you if you had an amiibo. You know, Zelda goes open world. There's a, one of my favorite, like, edits anyone has ever done is, is editing the Breath of the Wild trailer to sync with Sins of the Fathers. That shit was awesome. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm the only person, well, apparently not. Apparently everyone still loves MGS5 outside of, like, the Vidya sphere. Um, but, but like, so, so every time I see an open world game, I'm like, all right, how can we get this closer to being the Phantom Pain again? Um, well, we should actually have content this time. Uh, we can, we can not do that. Um, but, uh, but, you know, Link has the ponytail. I'm like, all right, here's what needs to happen. Link loses an eye or something, or they give him like a Sheikah eye patch that (laughs) I don't, but, but my real thing is. Link should lose his arm, and it should be replaced with a Sheikah Tech robot arm that contains all of his runes. Because, you know, yeah. you're not going to have the Wii U gamepad anymore, so they don't need the Sheikah Slate, necessarily. So he looks at, uh, he looks at his arm, and a big Arm big turns hologram. into a hookshot! Yeah, his, uh, he sees a hologram of the map, his arm turns into a hookshot, and it's like... And, and, and if they wanted to preserve this... Sort, you know, because runes are, are infinite. They're an infinite resource, but if you wanted to preserve... The, you know, the challenge of it, maybe, I don't know, you would need, like, you would need, like, your chain, your hookshot chain can be durable. I don't know. They'll find a way to balance it because that's what Zelda does. But, you, you know, you have your Magnesis rune, but instead of holding the slate awkwardly, like, he just, like, lifts it with one hand, you know, and the arm, like, goes out on a fucking magnet and sticks to the thing and he lifts it up. And I'm just like, we need a Sheik Attack robot arm. And, of course, you can fire the arm off. And I was like, all right, here's what you do. You know, you fire the arm off as a hookshot and you fucking grab a Bokoblin's neck or, you know, their face or whatever. They're, they'll find a funny way to do it, of course. You pull them in and it's like, you know, that's your hookshot. Or you have like a binding rope, right? You know, so, so like like um, you know, like a like a lasso, basically. You have a yeah. binding rope, sort of uh, sort of like the strand in Death Stranding or the Bola guns in Death Stranding, where uh, you can bind the enemy to their spot, but not with not not with stasis. So like basically, the idea is just that you it, it, you, you keep them 
you know, you keep them away from you for a little while. Like, or you have a gust bellows. Since, since I feel like the wind aspect of Breath of the Wild was an interesting mechanic that was underrated, but you can use, like, the Korok Leaf to blow enemies down, and they, like, you know, they fling with ragdoll physics. So it's like, you can use a gust bellows there, and, and just all these really... Basically, it's like, it is a replacement for the runes, but it's also primarily a combat option. Yeah, and I think that'll diversify combat. Well, but it also it, it since you have to have you can you can choose a shield or the arm. And that creates a really interesting thing like because in Breath of the Wild like there's no reason not to have a shield especially since parrying no matter the shield doesn't take durability damage. So, it's like okay, uh you know, your options were heavy weapon, uh spear or sword and shield. So now you have heavy weapon, spear, they'll probably add some other weapons or sword and shield or sword and arm. I'm big on this. You know what also yeah. needs to be in Breath of the Wild 2? The spinner. Bring yeah, fuck it. Bring the spinner back. I have I've never been more disappointed in a fucking Zelda item than the goddamn spinner. It just it's so cool. Like that it, boss fight is sick. It. Yeah, you yeah, can't that's the ever problem. use it. But like if I could get the spinner and like like basically shield surf but like with the spinner and just make it like a a better like shield surfing or like have it be like faster than like shield surfing but there's like you have like less control or have some way to balance it out where like you can get the spinner as like an item for achieving some great task but like shield surfing still has a purpose because i don't want to i don't want to have to either get rid of that or make it obsolete shield spinning is, is one of the more interesting mechanics in that game because i think people don't appreciate that shield spinning and rain actually have a relationship to each other in the game when when it rains the durability taken by shields from shield surfing reduces drastically because everything is slick see this is why breath of the wild is fucking cool how can you be so dumb <laughs> that you don't understand what an incredible interaction that is can i can i tell you one of my favorite things that ever happened to me in breath of the wild yeah go for so it i was in i was in Faron woods which which you know if you've played the game is very heavy on lightning I think it is the highest density of lightning strikes in the game. So I was I was doing a Korok block puzzle where you have to magnesis a metal block. Oh, yeah, um, I remember this and, one. Yeah, and suddenly, you know, lightning starts sparking on the item, and I was around a bunch of blue choo-choos, and I was like, okay, I'm going to hover this around above the blue choo-choos, and I'm going to electrocute them. So I electrocute them with this puzzle item, and the, the blue choo-choos die and turn into yellow choo-choo gels. Because they were electrified by lightning bolts from the sky, which are randomly generated elements of the game. And I was using an object that isn't necessarily supposed to be used for combat prowesses. This fucking game is so systemic. It's amazing. How are you this dense? We've been talking about it for 40 minutes. It's great. Please play Breath of the Wild. Don't think it's bad, or we're gonna think bad of you. <laughs> yeah, or or I think you're a fucking idiot. Like, if if you if the game experientially is not your thing, that's fine. But if you're sitting there like, yeah, it's a badly designed game. Like, I genuinely think that you are brain dead. You're a hoe. Yeah, you are a hoe. Uh, and also play Ocarina of Time. I don't care if you've heard it's overrated. It's not. It's it is rated as highly as it should be. I agree. I've had quite the I've had quite the journey with Ocarina of Time that I don't particularly want to get into today, but That's it is fair. as good as everyone says. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Miles, yes. What's going on with your hair, dude? Bro, let me tell you something. Quarantine hair is is I think I think this is the lowest my self esteem has been since like high school because like I 
I, my quarantine hair is fucking miserable, dude. We need to take photos yeah, for the Twitter. I was talking with my friend Yoink the other day about how we both hate our hair and we want the the, uh, the barber shops to open up because hers looks like a giant poodle. And and mine is like the worst Jufro you've ever seen. Oh, I need to see it, dude. Well, okay. Well, actually, there's a worse photo of me with the Jufro, but I can't find it. I was eight years old, and I think it was picture day. So the thing is, when I was a kid, when people told me to smile, I didn't really understand that, like, you can smile very neutrally. So, like, I, like, popped my eyes, basically. Like, you know, I made the big <laughs> wide-eyed thing. No, I know. Uh, and then I grinned with, with, like, all of my teeth. Like, it was, like, Joker pulling his lips up, basically. Like, oh wow okay yeah so so like i looked like a psychopath but the thing is i had a jufro and a tie-dye shirt on and it is <laughs> the worst photo of me of all time that's incredible i hope we can find this i would love to find it i've been searching for it for years and i can't find it because it's funny because you brought this up to me because 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 my hair has been having similar problems it's also been getting long to the point where miles i gotta be upfront with you dude i straight up look like ugly bastard when i get out of the shower <laughs> you, you look like it, old, you, you look like the, the bastard that ruins the hentai i literally look like the hentai guy who you cannot see their eyes because their <laughs> hair is covering it in the same dude it's the same i look the fucking same I'll I have a picture of from a couple months ago when my hair got pretty long, but like it's even worse now. And it's hysterical. <laughs> Hide your fucking lollies, guys. Hide your little sisters. <laughs> Bro, Sam Kingma is on the fucking loose. Oh, you know what? You know what? I had a I had a a, a feeling recently. I had a, I had a I had a rant I wanted to bring to the podcast today. Yeah. So, I, so there's a little anime called Eromanga Sensei. Have oh boy, yeah. here we go. Well, here, here's the thing. So, so I, I, I was looking it up because I saw a clip of it, and I was like, "Yeah, this shit's etchy trash. I want to watch it." You know, because it was one of those moods. You know, like I'm, yeah. I, I just started Gurren Lagan, or I believe it's supposed to be Gurren. Yeah, I believe it's Gurren Lagan. That's how it's Gurren Lagan. I would like to talk to you about that after we we talk about Eromanga. Well, I'm not that far into it. I'm only okay. four episodes in. But but I I I'm loving it so far, of course. You know, so okay. I'm, I'm and I I'm watching Steins Gate. So like I'm balancing my my trash intake, uh, of course, with with like actually good an- anime. And then and then one questionable decision that I am proud of, but I know my entire audience is gonna hate, um, which is I'm I'm rewatching uh, Darling in the Franks. Fuckers in the uh, Franks, baby, dude. I've been like low key thinking about starting Fuckers in the Franks because I'm. I I, I actually I dig it. I dig the fuck out of it, dude. It's because because what happened was I found a great I saw a great AMV of zero two. I'm like, damn, that bitch is really hot. Holy shit! I I, I it's so over dramatic and like the 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 drama is so cheesy and all the characters are so over the top. But I'm like, I live for this level of melodrama, dude. Like, oh dude, I, I, oh I love I melodrama. Love yeah, yeah. I mean, your favorite film of all time is the Choking Game. Choking Game, of course, I love melodrama. Yeah, like, like the the melodrama, and like, and it's melodrama that like actually kind of works for me because it's so sincere, and it and it it plays it so straight, but it also plays it with style and great direction and great music. Like, it's it's not one of those things where like it's like horribly embarrassing, and they 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 didn't realize how bad everything was. <laughs> I I genuinely think they thought they were doing a really good job and they were doing everything they could to elevate these really melodramatic overly emotional scenes that i think for a lot of people just don't land but for me i'm like 
I'm like this this shit works this shit works and i and i i it's one of those things where all the symbolism is really obvious to me but but in a way that's like fun for me to like pay attention to yeah. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people, like, when they see obvious symbolism, they, like, tune out. But for me, I'm, I'm always, like, oh, I'm interested in seeing how they, how they, how they, uh, how they, hey, they tie it in and, and make it cohesive in a nice little bow. I just like seeing things that everything connects to each other, even if it's really heavy-handed, over-the-top symbolism. Like, when you see, like, Christian symbolism in, like, a movie and you know that it's just, like, because of pretension or because it's easy, like, I hate that shit. But like, um, there, there's a, there's a whole thing about, about evolution, um, in that show. And mm-hmm. with, it's an interesting show. Cause a lot of people say it's right wing. Um, but I, I actually think it's the opposite. Um, because the point basically of the show is that the current generation, uh, you know, the boomer, it's literally about zoomers <laughs> versus boomers. Boomers. <laughs> it's, it is a fight between zoomers and boomers, dude. Um, and, and the point of the show is it's like, look, the world that we have inherited is unstable for us. And like the only way to move towards a brighter future is to just hand the fucking keys of the world over to the next generation so that they don't have to clean up messes. They can just start over, Mm -hmm. um, which is an optimistic thing. Uh, but, but I think people think it's Shinzo Abe propaganda because there's so many babies at the end. But, but I do think there's a, a very left-wing way in Japan. There's a left-wing media way to, to say, hey, look, we need babies. There's a birthing crisis. Call um, me up, dude. If you want, in, if Japan wants more children, they, they, they can just hit my cell up. I'll come over right yeah, away. Bro, bro I'll, I'll, I'll end my services. <laughs> but, but like Death Stranding and Darling in the Franks, I think, find very interesting ways of saying, like, yeah, look, there is a birthing crisis. People aren't having babies, but the solution is not to just fuck it's to improve things so that people's lives can work with children. Because right now, if you have a child, you're just never going to see them because you're going to be working all the time. Exactly. I think that's a really interesting aspect of the show that that people sort of, I, I, I think they inherently assume is propagandistic as opposed to being like, as opposed to showing the real root of the problem. I want to check, I'm going to, I'm going to check this show out for, for next week and we can talk about it maybe a bit, bit more detail. Everyone's going to hate that episode. Everyone's going to fucking despise that episode. But I, I don't even know if I'm going to like the show or not. I've just seen a couple, I've just seen a couple clips. It would be fun if you hated the show because I, I love when people hate the show because I can't argue against it. <laughs> I'm just like, it's like. It's it's like it's like I'm being tied to a chair and I'm yeah. just like that's and like I, and also like that's just be and also like that's just that's just be brutally honest. I just have my, my standards for media are just way lower than yours. So like very rarely does that ever happen where you're like this is great and I'm like this is fucking horrible. I can't remember the last time that happened honestly. Yeah, because there's been plenty of stuff where I'm like, this is great. And you're like, this is fucking shit, Sam. You're good. You have terrible taste, which but, is yeah. true. But speaking of shit, uh, to get back to Aramanga Sensei. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, yo, this shit's trash. I want to watch it. Um, and, and, and like, I didn't. I didn't end up doing that. I decided to watch three other anime instead. Because, um, again, it is a very specific mood, wink, wink. Uh, but... I noticed all these video essays that were like, Aramanga Sensei, the worst anime ever. Aramanga no. Sensei, like, like terrible, horrible garbage nobody should see. And I was like, I, 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 and I realized, like, Aramanga Sensei is trash, probably, for sure. But I could name you ten worse ecchi animes that people just forgot because fucking YouTubers didn't make videos on them. 
Exactly. Like people, people need to understand. Like I always try to explain this with, with like, with like games, like, look, like when I talk about, when I say, I'm trying to think of a game that's not going to give me too much trouble. When I say something like uncharted three is like, not great. It's yeah. not a great game. I don't really like it as much as like two. It's uh, please understand that there is a content unspoken context that there are over a thousand games on steam that are, are just unplayable <laughs> garbage. Like, I'm sorry. Like I get it. Like we need to have a line where it's like, look, like we could, you could play like, Oh, what's one of the really bad ones that like Jim Sterling would always talk about. Like, Oh yeah. Like, um, uh, the what's it called the the slaughter floor or whatever yeah I was thinking like floor. killing like floor a... or like slaughter floor or some, some one of those yeah, kinds it's, of games it's like a killing floor ripoff basically yeah and it's like that is awful like that is dog shit but we yeah, just like have a, to like understand colonial marines kind yeah of colonial marines like we we need to understand like well, like look like when I all right here's a good one Twilight Princess I don't even think Twilight Princess is that good of a game I think it's kind of no, bad I, I but don't like, like it but like I also have to understand that Twilight Princess you can beat it. Well, it's an it's an objectively well made video game. It's well constructed. I you know I can talk all the, it all works. the time about yeah. I can talk all the time about the dun- the dungeon design and how I don't like it. But like the dungeons are intuitive. I can clear them without banging my head against a wall. You know, like it, and this is. I was just gonna say like this is my problem with like a lot of like game review sites like this is the reason why everything gets a fucking seven is because their their review scale accounts for just utter dog shit like half the list counts for 10 percent of game 10 like this huge swath of games but but no one's gonna play no one's gonna talk about because that's sort of the thing is like very rarely does a game that is so fucking atrocious comes out and gets like major media attention most of the time it gets thrown on steam and people forget about it yeah it has to be like a triple a game like colonial marines where aliens is a huge ip huge property how the fuck did this happen sort of thing or like even like fallout 76 how the fuck did this happen with the fallout license but like i pull up on you can literally go on steam right now do you know how many like terrible like actually terrible hentai games there are on steam Oh, I'm sure Th- a million. Thousands, dude. Fucking thousands are like these, tra- like terrible, not even trashy, just terrible games that don't work. They look disgusting. They have no sound design made by absolute amateurs trying to make a quick buck or like, or like Unity asset flips, all this shit. This, this is horrible. Yeah. So please, when I say like Twilight Princess is bad understand that there is a context of which way worse exists below what I would consider like a one out of 10. Like there are games I would consider zero out of 10 where it's not even worth discussing in any, in any factor. It is nothing other than it's, it's abysmal and that that there's nothing more to say. Like it's one of these things where, where games like games that we call the worst game ever. Like if you're like Sonic 06, the worst game ever, it's like, it's not even the most glitchy mainstream, you know, triple A game out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's bad for other reasons, of course. I den- I, I mean, Sonic 06 is, like, one of my Sam Kingbo's, like, three, like, one out of ten video games. Like, yeah. I think it is, like, atrocious in every single way. And, like, I don't have to speak to it. Just watch Clement's three-and-a-half-hour review of it. But, but, that, but that's the thing. There is still lower that you can go. Oh, there's like, so... Yeah. yeah, there's way lower you can go. Yeah, so, so like, like, it's one of these things where, like, 
yes, it's super glitchy. There are glitchier games out there in the world. Like, you can still say something is trash. You know, you can still say something's bad. You can still say something... Like, I, I can say games that might have gotten a 10 out of 10 are bad. Because I just... I just don't respect them, or I think that they kind of kind of suck um, for one reason or another. But like when you're like, Aramo you could say Aramanga Sensei is bad. It's trash, and I would be like, yeah, probably. You're right. I haven't watched it yet. I'll get right on that. Um, but but if you're like Aramanga Sensei, is this the worst anime ever made? And I was like, let me tell you about a show called Recently My Sister Is Unusual. Oh, of course, of course. Recently, my sister's unusual, or like Garzy's wing, dude. Like, yeah, Garzy's wing is incomprehensible. Have you have you seen recently? My sister is unusual. I think I saw the first episode. Can I talk about the plot? Is it? This is the the where she gets the chastity belt and can't go to the bathroom, right? Uh, yes. Um, okay. The plot, the plot is amazing because it's about a girl who dies. She dies. She becomes an angel. But the thing is, she dies, and she can't ascend to heaven unless her, her deepest desire is fulfilled. And her desire is that the boy who she saved or tried to save her from getting hit by a fucking truck or whatever, um, she fell in love with him, and she wanted to have sex with him. So she bodies her steps, the, the stepsister of the brother. She, like, possesses her or, like, becomes, like, her, you know, like, she shares a body with her. And she's like, look... You, I ain't moving to heaven, and and I ain't moving out of your body unless you have sex with your stepbrother. Um, <laughs> and to make sure that happens, I'm gonna put you in a magic chastity belt that that only unlocks every handful of I don't know, like it only unlocks for an hour, I think. Yeah, day. I don't. Well, I think I think it only unlocks every hour, basically. Okay. Um, and and the first episode is is clearly someone's barely disguised fetish because she has to pee the the for the, and that's the plot of the yeah. episode, um and 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 it's like oh the drama is is she going to make it to the bathroom in time? It's like it, it's it really is like incredible. Like people need to understand <laughs> this. Like you can't say Aramanga Sense is the worst thing ever because because like have you seen Fuka? Like have you seen Fuka? It, yeah. Fuka is the worst thing ever made. Yeah. Because have you ever seen it? Uh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen like, clips, but I haven't seen the actual anime. It's like, I watched the whole thing, and it was like, it, it really was a train wreck I just couldn't keep my eyes off of. That's a 6.6 on my anime list. My anime list, people people use the same criteria I was talking about with the IGN reviews. With games, nothing's yeah. going to go above us. Nothing's going to go below a 6 unless it's like a terrible music video, some kid show that had no effort put into it, or something that is just blatant garbage. Have you heard Have you heard of the anime Piano? That's another really like, that's another like 1 out of 10 kind of like, like this is a nothing show. But like, Fuka is, uh, Fuka is just like, it, it re, you cannot get more anime late night anime trash when when you look to your 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 white American friend who does not know shit about anime and they're like anime is garbage. What Fuka confirms what they believe. It's like every I, criticism lobbed at anime as a whole industry is featured in throughout the both the first episode and the entirety of Fuka. It's insane. There's another one that I, I I was thinking about as well, um, uh, cause cause like there there is it's it's interesting because like people people talk about like Aramanga Sensei and stuff because it's easy to dunk on. That's the reason that it's it's the worst anime ever because they can make jokes about it because and people have seen it. That's the yeah. big difference too. Is and, people yeah, have and people seen people it. have seen it because they gave it exposure. 
Like, but but the difference, it's, it's sort of like how Plan 9 from Outer Space or The Room is the worst movie ever. It's like, no. No, those movies are, are bad, yes. But the worst movie ever would be a movie that is so painfully unentertaining that you want to fucking kill yourself just to escape the viewing. Like, you you will have a good time watching The Room. You'll have a good time watching Plan 9 from Outer Space. If only because they're funny. Like, anything that's funny bad or anything that's, like, so, you know, like, like so bad it's good is not the worst thing ever made exactly like like you have to take a look at like because you're saying it's like you can get through the room you cannot get through axum because the audio quality is so heinous you cannot understand what anyone is saying or what is happening or have you ever heard of the, of stasis stasis no that's a new one in my stasis is a great work um we I've watched a handful of, of terrible movies with some friends of mine, um, and and Stasis is is an incredible choice because um, it's about people who return to the bodies of the deceased from the future to save the past or from the yeah they they come from the future to save the past by surfing in the bodies of the deceased. Um, it's like okay, cool, cool sci-fi premise. Um, but it's shot on like a handy cam and, and all the oh, actors no! are like teens. Yeah. All the actors are like these awful teens. Um, and, and, uh, nothing happens for most of the movie. And, and the thing about it that is so bad. And here's the important thing is that there is a good plot in the movie. It's just not there. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a good premise. There. Execution. So there was just no yeah. execution. The, the, the people were not talented enough to, to, to explain the story. Yeah, one one of the women in the in the movie embody she she inhabits the body of a girl who medically dies temporarily and comes back to life, you know, basically, you know, on the operating table or wherever. Um yeah. but someone's already transferred into her body and so she's having a constant out of body experience where she can communicate through electronics for some reason. Oh my um, god. But but uh but but it's about basically she sees someone else acting as her and being like oh my god i was ungrateful i didn't appreciate my life like and it's like that's a really interesting sci-fi premise you know an action movie in it it's just there's no talent it, there's it's yeah. devoid of, of talent or vision or good yes. cinematography or good lighting or good color grading or good acting yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> or or, a, or comprehensive plot like i don't know what the thread is i guess it's like a you know like a super Thing and it's like a college movie or like yeah and it, it's not funny like hilarious it's just like kind of dire you know like um you know or, or, there's there's worse movies out there that just like for budgetary reasons are worse or you know things like that so like when you say something like uh you know uh, star wars the last jedi is the worst movie of all time it's like no i have a vitriolic hate of the film but like it's well shot well acted for the most part it has ideas like you know that there are there are credentials to these kinds of things i think a truly like one to zero out of ten thing has no appeal whatsoever like exactly at the very least like at, at the very least like you, you could argue something like all right well eromanga sensei has like has the etchy component it is genuinely like you know it's it's it genuinely succeeds at being its genre like oh, like a truly course. miserable a truly miserable the worst thing ever made kind of thing or like people always talk about Nekopara, how Nekopara is creepy and it's like no you know it succeeds at what it, it intends to do it's yeah. not yeah it's not for you uh and and it's kind of like 
easy sleazy easy breezy hey baby yeah but bottom of the barrel kind of stuff but it's not a failure at the thing it tries to do and and that's that's to me like the biggest hallmark of like if if a horror movie isn't scary and it's not funny and it's boring like uh the uh, like the devil inside you ever see that movie if god no the Devil Inside is a great film because it ends with a title card. It it just ends like that. Basically, it's like a fake documentary about an exorcism. Um, oh, okay. And it ends at the second act. It's it's a short movie. It's like seventy two minutes long. Ooh. Um, and it and it ends with with a title card that says, "This case was unsolved. Go to www.thedevilinside.com to to see the ending." What? It's an ad? It's an ad for the website? It's an ad for the website. And you go there, basically, and it's just stills from the movie. And, and the website's no probably broken, because when did this movie come out? 2005? Oh, no, uh, 2010. And the website went down after six months. Well, of course, of course. So, so that that is a contender for the worst movie ever made. It is a on, failure at, at being a, a fucking three-act film. We definitely should find a way to do to do some kind of like commentary work. Well, because Red Letter Media does commentary tracks where they just record it and uh, and they and they just say like, all right, here's where you sync the video, um, you know, and uh, in the in the description, like that should be fine. That could, yeah, we could definitely we could definitely uh, do something like that if you guys would but, be interested. Yeah, and seeing like I, I a mean, commentary of like a shit anime movie or like yeah, I I mean I could I could bring up a lot of like crappy movies because I've I've seen a lot of like movies that are like one out of tens on IMDb. Um, I, I it's funny because did you ever see the Where the Wild Things Are movie? Uh, no, I thought that movie was allegedly like very excellent. <laughs> That's the thing. So I remember liking it as a kid. Um, you know, I remember it's like the, it's it's such like it's such a Miles film. Really, it kind of creeped like, me out when I saw the trailers and stuff. That's why I liked it. Because, and, and the thing is, it's not about like, oh, here's a magical world that's fun. It's like, no, this kid goes to this world where everyone is roughly as emotionally unstable as he is. And it's a nightmare. Um, you know, and, and Max is, is basically the king of these emotionally unstable monsters who are as bad at communicating and as bad at mediation as he is. What's the lesson the the lesson basically is just like like even though you are you know even though you are so there's a couple different things which is like like look unfortunately if you're weird the only way that you can thrive is if you help other people understand yourself which is true you know it's you know the, the lesson we want to hear like like some as someone with autism the lesson i would love to have heard as a kid was it's everyone else's responsibility to understand you you just sit back and be as fucking weird as you want, and everyone will accommodate that. But the reality is, it's like, no. If, if you are neurodivergent in any way, people are going to struggle to understand you, and you're going to have to meet them halfway and kind of help them. And you're also going to have to do so by learning to understand yourself. Um, exactly. And the other thing is that the only way to, to stop being afraid of the world is to lose your innocence. The world is terrifying when you're a kid, but when you give up childish things, you can start to understand the world from an adult perspective, and things are less scary, but something is lost in the process. Um, and and it's one of these movies that I was like, I, didn't, I don't remember the movie that well. I remember there's a scene where the James Gandolfini monster chases him through the woods, and it's like genuinely creepy and terrifying. 
Um, and it's, like, a really surreal, somber movie. There's, like, barely any music. Like, there's just a lot of scenes of, like, Max on the beach, like, and they're having, like, conversations with these monsters. And it's, like... But I, I looked at the IMDb reviews, and it was, like, it was all, like, 10 out of 10, 8 out of 10, you know, 7 out of 10. And then everything else was, like, a 1 out of 10. And it's, like, worst movie ever! My kid was scared! And it's just, like... <laughs> Uh, and, and people were like, this movie made me sad, so therefore it's a shit film. Don't see it. And, and it's, 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 it, it just kind of, like, goes to show, like, people are so fucking, like, they have no optics, where it's like, I was bored for eight seconds of the movie, therefore it's a terrible film. Or, like, they'll get to the ending, like, FF7 Remake, you know, 95% of the game is unanimously fantastic and then the ending is divisive and i've seen lots of people who are just like yeah the whole game sucked because the ending sucked versus yeah. like like rogue one where that movie is kind of boring for most of it and then the ending happens and and you're like oh yeah the best movie ever I, it was amazing because i left the theater with the last 10 minutes of the film in feeling good yeah yeah it's like it's it's people have no idea like if you if you see a scene from Aramanga sensei and you're like oh this is sleazy uh, i guess it's the worst thing ever because it made me feel an unpleasant feeling which was discomfort it's like, sure, it's, you didn't like it, you know, of course, you don't have to acknowledge its merits if you don't want to, um, yeah, that's perfectly fine, but, like, like, people are so emotional in their judgment, and, like, their optics are so bad because they can only kind of grade things based on how they feel and what they see, um, and, and it, it takes, it, it genuinely takes, like, a truly awful product one that truly makes you loathe it to like yeah. make you realize okay there are things that are bad but there are things that are bad and there are things that are the lowest most miserable awful shit on the planet yeah and and just to me like as someone who has someone who who likes to think about games critically to to me and like my critical mind space it's not even worth discussing or bothering with the lowest common denominator the lowest common denominator trash on steam because there is no value there there is yeah. nothing to gain from looking at most of the the trash uh, on steam whereas like at least with 06 i could put together a, a, a i could write a college essay i could do a college lecture on why 06 is like a terrible game because at least I can get through it, you know? That's a big difference between, like, games and movies. Like, a terrible film, you could sit there and you can get through it, but if sometimes if a game is so bad it's unplayable, you literally cannot see it because you can't play it because it's so fucked up. Well, that's the interesting thing, too, is I, I think the we, we need to see something to truly judge how bad it is. I've beaten Sonic 06. I think I've beaten it twice. Um... And, you and have beaten of, it twice, I can confirm that. Okay, yes. And it's one of these things where... <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> it's, it's one of these things where, like, I don't think it is as bad as you do, but I do think it's a p- piece of garbage, of course. Um, but, like, like people... It, it's publicized as the worst thing ever. Um, and I'm also because, a Sonic fan. I got serious stake in the game here. Oh, yeah. So it hits a lot game. harder. That's sort of the thing, too, is, like... Is, like, because I care about this... It hurts a lot more that it's bad. <laughs> but but like for my for my taste, I would give it a three out of ten. I wouldn't give it a one, um, because like there are segments that aren't awful. Uh, and and if I'm being like purely critical, like yeah, you know, 
I can beat it. <laughs> um, but like, but that's, that's sort of my that's sort of my thing. I, I don't want people to think I have low standards. I have excessively high standards, if anything. But I I am at least fair enough to say like, look, if something is bad and unpleasant and I hate it. I can say it's bad, and I can say it's my least favorite thing ever. Like, I say Bioshock Infinite is my least favorite game of all time. Um, because it's not... I don't think it is, like, an excessively, like, fucking abysmal garbage, like, the worst thing ever thing. But it is the worst thing to me. It is... It is... Because if you're, if you're trying to go by, like, the pure quality of something, you're like, look... There are strategies you can use in the game that technically use a handful of the mechanics. Um, you know, there are certain things in it that work. Uh, it's not devoid of, 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 you know, atmosphere or whatever. There's story elements that are mildly interesting. I just hate every fucking frame of it. And, and so for me, like, if I was a reviewer, I would absolutely give it, like, a fucking two or a one. Um, I would, well, no, I wouldn't give it a one. Uh, that, that goes against what I'm saying. I would give it, like, a, you know, like, a two, three, four, like, that range. Yeah. Um, but, like, personally, I would give it a fucking zero, because I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate it to bits. And, that, and that's the sort of thing with, like, when you make a YouTube video like that, and you're like, Aramanga Sensei's the worst anime ever, like, that's... You can hold that opinion, and that's perfectly fine. But that becomes a, a, a sort of unspoken truth in the way that, like, Plan 9 from Outer Space is the worst movie of all time. And then it's like, you actually go and watch it, and you're like, okay, no, we can go much lower than this. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's sort of the thing that, that bothers me about, like, the, the hyperbole era, because I'm sure, like... I, I'm I'm completely sure that that even if you see something you're like this is a sublime level of poor quality. Um, when you make a thing calling it the worst thing ever, that becomes a sort of collective truth in the public unconscious. Um, and 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 ironically enough, it then loops around to not being as bad or as infamous as everyone says, in such a way where it you give it the opportunity to be vindicated later on, and that is a weird, weird fate to give something. If you if you just say it is as bad as it is with the optics that you have, that's very different. Um, but, but, I mean, everyone has different opinions, of course. Like, you know, I fucking hate Uncharted. I, I fucking hate those games. But, like, they're well-produced. I respect Amy Henning as a director and a writer. Um, you know, I, I, I think they're well-acted. They're action-packed for what they do you know i i i can't i can't be like they're complete failures in absolutely every way they're the worst games ever because if i do that then i am giving them a platform that is not only untrue but that they don't necessarily deserve and that yeah. ironically enough ruins my own credibility yeah exactly so it's like and like that's sort of the thing is i mean at the end of the day i like I like being hyperbolic, especially on the show. It's fucking yeah, fun. Yeah, we do it all the time. Yeah, but at the but I agree with you. At the same time, like uh, as I said earlier, like whenever I say a game is bad, please understand that it comes with an unspoken context that I am well aware that there is league's worst shit out there. And my my focus is just maintaining my integrity. Like that's that's it. You know what I mean? I try which, to which make, I, I try to I be consistent. Care. Yeah, I, well, and consistency too. I like I very carefully select my criticisms of things. You know, if I say something fucking sucks, 
Like if 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 I if you were to say on a YouTube thing, Aramanga Sensei is is trash garbage, I would be like, yeah. If someone's like Aramanga Sensei is a new low, I was like, mm, no, it's not a new low. It's a low. Yeah. Uh, but this is not new. There, you, I, may I recommend Kiss X Sis? Sis, sir. baby. <laughs> yeah, great film. There's a there's a shot inside of a girl's uh, fucking grueling vagina. Uh, it's amazing. My fa- my least favorite hentai shot. The, no, the worst one. The worst one is the dick X-ray vision. Th- thank you. This I when it, it's in all this shit. I'm like, God damn it! Why'd you do that? It's in my guts. Also, I got an update. I got an update from a couple weeks ago. Because a couple weeks ago, we spoke about VTubers and, like, Project Melody. Yeah. I did some I did some research. Project Melody, not not super great to jerk off to. Gotta be honest. I, I'm not surprised. It I mean, doesn't, I, I it doesn't like work. I never the uncanny aspect of it. It, it, do, it doesn't work. There's just not a lot going on there. Stream itself is relatively interesting. I, don't, I just can't get into, like streams i liked i really like doing them but when it comes to watching them i get bored very quickly oh no i i get really bored with streams i don't watch streams regularly unless the entire point is to get bored of the stream to motivate me to do something else yeah it comes from like and not to say like stream content is bad because there are definitely people out there who do really fucking great work streaming yeah, but at the same time, it's it's just like the the purpose of when someone watches the streams, they want they want some human connection, a parasocial human connection, with either someone they 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 know or like are a fan of or whatever, and like that the, you can't get better than a stream in that regard. But at the same time, I just don't need that. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I live I I live every day of my life perfectly. I like I like to watch speedrun streams in the hopes that I watch I see a record live, but like. It never happens. Yeah, and I, and and I, and for me, I'm like, why would I sink my time into into a miracle? I happened to the last time we were recording this podcast. I actually, or no, it was before a stream that I was doing uh, on Saturday. Um, I happened to catch the new world record for Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. Oh, in awesome! One hundred percent, no major glitches category. Um, and it was just one of these things where I was just like, oh wow, that's lucky, you know? Like I I, I tuned in and I was like, wow, he's on a good run. Oh wow, he he one hundred percent or he got the new world record that's exciting and i remember feeling like oh that's mildly interesting and then i went to do the stream i want to i want to i do want to say this like thank god for like excellent speed running content on youtube oh because it really did speed running content on youtube from like world record progressions to just like individual Something levels solved. yeah the whole the whole can the whole can of worms Really, it turned like completely turned around my opinion on on speedrunning because I used to hate speedrunning. I'm like, this is fucking terrible. Like everyone who does this is abhorrent, and I hate them. Uh, and I just hated it. And I really grew to appreciate the intricacies of like speedrun communities and like the stories that happen throughout years of people putting so much work and effort into like one game. I've grown to really appreciate it. You know the the one speedrun community I will always have like an an unnatural disdain for the Splatoon speedrunning community. Uh no no I I like them well enough. Okay. Um yeah I I haven't tuned in in a long time. I just they're know all... you actively participated. So no, they were all good if... to me for the most part. I I'm assuming a lot of them probably don't remember me. Gotcha. I was assuming I'm like well if if Miles has some vitriolic hatred it's probably something he was actively doing. So no but no what it's is the it? Hotline Miami speedrun community specifically oh boy. the first game it's literally so the video is literally french people all of them are fucking french i don't know why um it's fucking french people they they're they're playing each level and they're doing like very well and then a single thing wrong happens and they're just like 
why would I bother? I should kill myself. And like, and it's just like, and, and they'll, they'll get the world record. They'll, they'll split and they'll split so aggressively. It's like, and you hear that. And then they just go, awful run, terrible run. And it's like, you're the world champion of this video game. Like, I understand you can be disappointed that your world record wasn't as good as you want, but like, yeah. at, like sigh in relief, show some emotion. You know what I mean? But instead, yeah. instead, like they'll just do something wrong and they're just like, this game's a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. I should hang myself. They'll get the world record, and then they'll just be like, awful, truly terrible. Everything about this game is garbage. I, I hate myself, and I hate my life. Why did I dedicate this to myself? My kids left. My wife left. The dog died of a broken heart. Um, so that's, fucking... That's a, that's a joke from a from a, um, a smiling friend. I, I didn't make that one up. It's it's just, like, so embarrassing. I'm like, man, have... I have at least a little bit of, of like, self-awareness. I just, yeah, I... I Record I just, without your fucking mic, dude. Like, if you're gonna be this salty, like, don't make me deal with it. <laughs> I just can't. I just, with, with like, a lot, like, with most of these, like, speedruns... Because here's the thing, when it comes... I love watching speedrun content. When it comes to actively watching a speedrun, I want to fucking shoot myself. The moment, the moment they make a single mistake, they're just like, this run's dead. It's over. It's dead. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, like, part part of, like, that sucks. Uh, and also, too, like, I gotta be honest with you, like, I, I can't sit through, like, most GDC events. Uh, or, I'm sorry, GD, uh, AGDQ, or GDQ events. Um, not Game Developer Conference, those are great. But just because, like, whenever I watch, like, nothing nothing beats, like, a really bad GDQ <laughs> run. Just, Were you there for the the Crash Bandicoot two live run? Oh, I, I saw. Oh, that. I saw the the montage of it. It's insane. I was there. I was. I saw it. Like I wasn't <laughs> there physically, but I was there in the stream and I saw it. I remember where I was because I was working a late night shift. Uh, I worked one late night shift at my old job, and and they they called us in super early just to like you know sit around until the late night shift began. And I was watching it on my phone, and I was just like. This shit is nuts. Like, he crashed the game, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to fucking end my life. And I was just like... And and, and he threatened the entire audience. Um, the, the montage really is, like, all the highlights, but there there are a lot of uncomfortable moments in that, too. Um, and, like, yeah. watching it, and watching everyone, like, be completely silent and completely unsure of how to handle the situation in real time was amazing. Yeah, it's just, like... <laughs> Just in like all those clips, like I mean, you can find them on YouTube. Just type in, just type in GDQ cringe, and like you're you're in for it. There's yeah. like so much good stuff. I'm just like these runners who are just super depressed, are just like. <laughs> I think I think the worst one is is the Fallout Three runner who was like, oh by the way, it's like my girlfriend's two month or two year anniversary of transitioning, and I was like, this is not the event, man. Like the the, the one the the classic one is like I really would prefer if you'd be quiet. <laughs> oh, that one's that one's amazing with caveman and yeah. chibi something. Yeah, 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 um, Ch chibi for Tomba Tomba two. Tomba uh, two, and it's like it's like what an what a what a fucking awful run to have that beef in. Um, there there's the famous Super Metroid race or something like that. Um, where someone's like, "Can I say something? You're not funny." And all of you should walk in front of traffic if you really want to prevent cancer. I <laughs> my, and, and, it also, was just like, and it was just like a co-commentator because he got mad at like the crowd jeering or like the, the crowd like doing some meme whenever something happened. I just can't, dude. I can't. I just can't. Let, let me just say this to all all the AGDQ runners or like all the hotline Miami people. Eat a fucking Snickers. <laughs> eat a Snickers. You're yourself, you're yourself when you're hungry. 
Yeah, you're not yourself when you're hungry. Eat a Snickers. Um, or or jerk off. Like a lot of you are probably sexually frustrated because you're getting nothing. Like, yeah. do it. Do it yourself. <laughs> Fucking. Oh, I just, all the words, the words they're coming, Sam. Stop me from saying the words. Don't, don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> don't. I won't. I won't. So, so Miles. Yes. It's time for some questions, bro. Let's. All right, hit me. What do we got today? Uh, we got we got one question sent to me from my buddy Sam Mosher. I believe he's at Sam Scott Mosher with one okay. T on Twitter. Great friend of mine. Said he really enjoyed listening to the show, especially episode two where we talked about how cartoons are bad. <laughs> right, yes. That's a favorite of mine. Yes. Uh, so so he asked, so in honor of Avatar The Last Airbender coming to Netflix this month, he asked us, what are our opinions on the show? Oh, I think it's probably the best Western animated show. Maybe Gravity Falls is, is close, um, but I, I think Avatar is the best one. Because here's the deal. I actually do, because basically he, he was asking, because he missed out on it, kind of growing up he just wasn't right. really fully in his radar kind of asked if it's if it's worth watching as an adult i think we can both yeah. agree it's worth giving a shot at least oh it's absolutely worth watching as an adult i i would imagine it holds up well enough to like there there can't be anything really like there there probably isn't anything in that show that could be so different and wrong as an adult that i would be like this shit is terrible it's not worth your time i just can't imagine that because the quality of it growing up was beyond the pale it was beyond what i was used to it, it, it's pretty wild so my experience with like avatar didn't also did not watch it growing up at all just didn't watch nick at all so i just was not tuned into what was happening yeah that was there. not your thing yeah and um basically college was like my senior year my roommate uh bryce was a huge huge fan of it growing up and he got the full DVD set from one of our one of our mutuals, and he's like, "Sam, that's like watch it." I said, "All right, say we watched like ten episodes of book one, and I'm not gonna lie, thought it was like kind of mid, uh, but he told me like it gets better and like yeah, book no, two book and one th- is the worst one. Yeah, he sure. said it gets significantly better in like book two and book three. We just like fell off it basically, but I mean, if it's gonna be on Netflix, I'd be willing to give it a another shot. Yeah, I, I think the problem is book like season one of every show is almost guaranteed to be worse. Probably yeah, unless worst, your name but... is like Rick and Morty. Yeah, well, well, Rick and Morty. Like, if if you're a, an anthology show or a story show like that, you're guaranteed to either get better in later seasons or lose the thing that made you really interesting from the first season. Yeah, because I actually it, it's part of the reason I brought up Rick and Morty. I actually saw, I actually watched the first two episodes, of like season four. I just so happened to turn on the TV and they were on, so I watched them. And it's not that it's like bad. It's just where it's like I've seen all this, and all you're doing is joking about how I've already seen it. But I already can recognize that because I have some level of intelligent brain power. Because after all, I am watching Rick and Morty, so I don't know who this appeals to. I don't know who this appeals to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that stuck up on me. <laughs> like, uh, stuck up on me. But. I stand by what I say. Like, I, I just don't... I'm like, this is just... You're I don't get to, it. Yeah, you, well, you're, you're media savvy enough. Like, yeah, I'm media savvy enough to understand that we're... We, we, I've already seen this before, but you're just calling attention to it, and that's all you're doing. Well, and I, well, I was talking about this with the, I was talking about this with BoJack Horseman on episode yeah, two. It, but yeah. one thing I... A revelation I had with a friend of mine while I was talking about it is, like, 
they're writers and they and they're making jokes about how dumb it is to write B plots into television shows uh because the point of them is to be more lighthearted secondary stories to the drama and it's like that's just like good pacing for an audience because your show is already emotionally exhausting enough as it is since you binge watch it um you know you need those b plots to keep you from being like i'm bored of the misery um but but the other thing is that like it feels like the season was was sort of the creator lashing out that people didn't understand what he was going for with the show and so we felt the need to make it meta and spell it out um and as an artist like i would be really disappointed too if i made the show and everyone was like getting the exact wrong idea from it but that's gonna happen when you make media that has something to say some people are just gonna misunderstand it and you can't fucking sabotage your own project or you can't change lanes to basically course correct it you just have to keep going and and hope people get it because i'm assuming most of your audience probably did understand like okay no this is a character study of bojack horseman i can empathize with him i can like him as a character but i'm not supposed to respect his decisions and actions i can understand him i can root for him but i shouldn't want to be like him and some people are like i really like bojack because he makes me feel validated and being an awful person and if that's your takeaway from the show like then you know then maybe you're just not smart enough to watch the show but I, I think it's the wrong decision for a creator to be like, no, 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 no. This is what I'm saying. This is what I mean to say. Um, yeah. And, and like, Rick and Morty, like, the season three finale of Rick and Morty was them being like, guys, we're going to go back to how it was in season one because we screwed up and everything we did this season was terrible and no one liked it. Yeah, and, and, and that's also sort of the thing. And thank you for explaining it because I did not watch season three at all. Basically, I watched the first two seasons on Hulu, really liked it, and then season three wasn't there, and I just stopped. Um, or I think season three might have been airing at the time, and I just was like, eh, I don't really care. And I liked the first two seasons, like, genuinely. I thought it was good. I had a, I had a lot of laughs. I was shocked that something that appealed to my personal sensibilities was airing on real TV with other human beings who also liked it. But at the same time, I was just, like, watching season four, and, the, and that was all they did was, like, we're doing an adventure. We're doing a Rick and Morty adventure. I'm like, this is lame. Oh, yeah, no, and, and I think the problem is that they think their audience likes... Rick and Morty is not a show, it's a brand. Yeah. Rick and, Rick and Morty is a is a sense of humor that you have, and you watch Rick and Morty to have that sense of humor and to indulge in that brand, but you're not getting stories, you're not getting characters, and you're not getting shows, at least not anymore. Um, season 3 really was, like, you're not going to get character stuff, you're not going to get, like significant actual examinations of these people we're gonna pay lip service to it but most of the episodes are going to be a farce and we're gonna parody the mere idea of television shows acting like television shows giving people what they like from tv shows because we're too smart for that and it's like no no no. here's the thing when you make something on television there's a good chance that people want it to appeal to a certain sensibility and if you don't want it to appeal to that very specific sensibility just don't acknowledge it at all yeah. I, f- I feel like it's even worse to be like we're not gonna do characters because characters are what other shows do but we're rick and morty it's like just just do the aqua teen hunger force thing where you don't even try you know where you don't even like put that option in front of the audience and you just go like our show is nonsense it's going to be nonsense and we're not going to acknowledge that it's nonsense. We're just going to make nonsense. And you're either in or you're out. 
there's not, to my knowledge, an episode of of Aquatina Hunger Force where someone's like, hey, do you remember when we did Adventures? Well, that was weird, but thankfully this, the executives decided that they didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> the only thing the what only thing I could think of is like maybe Aquatine Boston, but like that's it. That's a very different story. Yeah, and that's a very special case. Yeah. I, like I, I still have a healthy respect for South Park, but I, I started to kind of get bored of South Park when it it almost became like like there are shows like BoJack Horseman, Rick and Morty, or South Park, which stop being about the subject. Like Rick and Morty is not about Rick and Morty the characters; it's about Rick and Morty the Rick and Morty show. BoJack Horseman season five is not. I, I I've said this a million times. BoJack Horseman season five is not about BoJack Horseman; it's about BoJack Horseman TM. Yeah. And yeah, and and you know, and then same with South Park. South Park is not about the town of South Park; it's about South Park's relationship with the world as a show. Um, or that's what it ended up becoming after season, you know, 19, roughly. And, and I'm just, like, I, I just want some, is it too much to want some fucking sincerity in my media? I, I, I'm, I agree with you 100%. I really do just wish that, like, I just hate, like, self-aware humor can be really funny, but I like your show a lot more if it's just good. (laughs) Well, there's an interesting thing with Red Letter Media that I, I like because they're not actually lazy. They're very, very dedicated. Like, they, they craft jokes. They make entire sets for bits. You know, like, if, if they're trying to demonstrate something, they might recreate it, like, in a, in a, uh, a scene. You know, in, in a, like, if they're doing something for Half in the Bag, like, they might film an entire extra joke that they don't need to. And, and you know, and they'll, they'll light it. They'll set it up. It might be a seven-second scene or maybe even less, and they'll, you know, they'll set it a whole thing up. They'll yeah. Make an entire cork board for a, a one-second joke that is never going to come back again, you know, where it's like, oh, this plot's really confusing, ha, huh? you know, we have a cork board, um, you know. But but they joke about the fact that they're lazy hack frauds who don't do anything. And, and that becomes a, a form of humor in and of itself because that's not them, but it becomes a, an in-joke for them. That that is the persona that they project, uh, you know, like, clear, they're not lazy comedians, but they deliberately act and they deliberately set up scenarios where they're acting poorly or they're doing bad acting or they're phoning in a terrible, like, you know, uh, intro, but the behind the scenes actually shows that they extensively plan out their bad, like, their un, supposedly, like, unfunny, non-joke meta-humor gags. And they, they make sure that they work and they test them out and they do different takes. And it's like, that that is a form of humor where there's effort there and you can tell that there's effort to project like there is no effort. You know what I mean? It's, it's like it's like the, the, the just rolled out of bed look. Where it's not a look, it's a style. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and, and a lot of these shows, like, you can almost see like, okay, this is the first draft of the script. It's good enough. Here you go. I didn't think this through. And I, I'm aware that that's not the case. You know, a writer's room is usually, they spend a lot of time hammering things out. But a lot of self-aware humor really does feel like, well, we gotta fill this joke with, we gotta fill this with something. Uh, quick, just acknowledge how lazy we are. Because it's always, it, it, it's, it's, you're never gonna get in trouble making fun of yourself. Yeah. At the end of the day. I think that's why, it's, that's why everyone does it, I think. Well, there's a, I, I talk about the, the hack fraud jokes of the apocalypse um, in, in a writer's room, which is there's a handful of punchlines that are always funny and non-offensive to 99% of people, so you always roll back on them, all right? It's Nickelback, 
It's Florida. Um, th- those are the two ones. Oh, it's the friend. This is an oddly specific one. The friend's apartment set was too big. That's another one. Um, that I don't know why that's become a thing, but I there's like fucking sixty jokes on de- various shows about how the friend's apartment was too big. Uh, for for an apartment in New York, and it would have been too. Expensive. Oh, okay, got okay. I was very confused. I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, like they'll be like, "How could they afford that apartment in New York City, the most expensive city?" And I'm just like, "Shut the fuck up!" It's yeah, a fucking television show, and you know it. I feel like I'm hearing David Schwimmer spit all these jokes out on Friends right now. Yeah, like well, you can hear the Florida one. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I... the Good Place is an excellent show, but I think the issue with it is that when they they can't come up with something they'll just slum it and like make fun of a celebrity or make fun of a recent scandal and it's like you guys are immortal you know what i mean like you've <laughs> lived through thousands of cycles of life in a in a timeline where time is irrelevant and and whatever and it's like you i feel like at some point you would find different things to joke about you might forget who the fuck like chris hemsworth is but you're never going to forget genghis khan yeah, you're never gonna forget Genghis Khan, but like, it's one of these things where like they'll they'll have like you know they'll they'll have a joke about like you know oh they'll make fun of Christopher Columbus because he's you know no one no one likes that guy anymore, um, but but then it'll be like oh this is worse than when Johnny Depp hit his wife and it's like you feel like in a world where where time is immemorial you might have been able to like receive the news that he wasn't drunkenly beating his wife constantly. <laughs> yeah you know? it's <laughs> it's like yeah it's it's one of those things where and, and and it makes sense for season one when everyone's first of all recently deceased and second of all all of them are still the same people they were when they died so they're still kind of petty people yeah um but by season three where the point of the show is it's like look we're gonna save all of humanity by teaching everyone to be good and, and to be better than themselves and that they're still making those same lowbrow jokes it, it's it feels cheap it feels like okay yeah i get it this is a comedy so you have to write a joke I see that. But, you know, aim higher. Did we have any other questions? Uh, no, that was just it. Just uh, the one oh, my buddy okay. Sam sent me. Oh, we did also, uh, while we were recording, we did we did get a, uh, not a question, but we did get a sheet uh, tweet from at ZGaming, uh, YTYT. Ran into your podcast. They are amazing. So thank you so much, Carlos, for the kind words on Twitter. If you want to send us, if you want to send us kind words, don't know why the fuck you would. But if you did, you can hit us up, as always, at Miku's Crack House. You can follow me on Twitter at the Daily Sam K. Also, check out my YouTube channel, King Masan, for interesting video content. If you want to see me attempt to eat a mayo sandwich, Miles, where the fuck can they follow you? And don't misspell your handle this time. <laughs> I can't. You have to do it for me. My, you can follow Miles because uh, he's incompetent and can't speak I, and I've spell. I misspelled my handle twice now, and I I just gave up. You can you can follow Miles at your Diamond Dog. Y O U R Diamond Dog. Thank you, thank you. That's been our show. Miles, any last words for the people? <laughs> uh, uh, Next week, we're going to watch Aromanga Sensei. I'm going to talk about it. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck we're going to do next week. Uh, I My 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 words to the people are, thank you so much for supporting the podcast so far. Uh, it's been a great thing to do under quarantine, uh, and, and I just really appreciated all of the listeners and questions. You guys are sick. Thank you so much. And of course, Miles... Happy birthday, man. And happy birthday to you, too, man. Smoke a bong? Yeah. I'm not going to smoke a bong. That's your thing. Smoke Um, a bong? Don't tap your sister. Good night. I'm going to smoke a bong. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide. I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight. I just really want a pipe. Oh, my God. She got them big ass titties. She's only five. Hey, hey.
Anime thighs when she open up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really wanna pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Bitch, I'm bout to fuck this cutie, so I whip out my katana And I knock this little bitch out with just one hit like I'm Saitama Why you act like you retarded, like little bitch, I don't want drama I still hit when she says no, don't understand when she don't wanna A Sword fighting with my penis like I'm in a fucking dojo All these bitches want me like my name was fucking Jojo Asian penis is too tiny like it was a no-show Bitch, don't watch your coochie, watch anime with the bros, though with my motherfucking bitch I might pull up, give those thighs a little motherfucking kiss And man, if you talking shit, tell Ryuki you on a list Yeah, your sister is my groupie, she take this anime Dick. Okay, okay, like little bitch, I don't care if that fat ass is too deep. Score a bounty on that pussy, you can call me Spike Lee. Putting out fire, getting ice, bitch, I'm Todoroki. And if you got some shit to say, then you can say it to me. Anime thighs, when she open up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really wanna pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Anime thighs, when she open up so wide,